0: This is just calm down with John Shrink. Hey, the special edition is all Iowa, all the time. That's right. Uh, I'm gonna get into everything I did in Iowa. I'm sure I skipped some things. Uh, you wouldn't know based on the runtime of this episode, but yeah. Uh, just as a high level, I, I saw, I saw Bernie live and in person. I was feet away from him. I did some door knocking. I was a precinct captain in rural Iowa and I got to witness the caucus process in action. I got to see a coin flip stick around for that. I don't have any comedy dates coming up because do I do comedy anymore? That's the real question. I will be, the the date is to be determined, but we're gonna, it's going to be starting in March. Keep an eye out for it. The new bar in the old Myrtle's Punch House, Cincinnati, Ohio, East Walnut Hills. The bar is called Twenties. We're going to do a free comedy show there. It's going to be a Thursday night. It's going to be at 8 o'clock. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Hit that subscribe button. I'm doing videos on YouTube now. I've released four of them. That's right, four videos, and they're all long, and am I going to regret having put him out there? Is it? A, no, I'm not going to regret it because this is who I am. I'm trying to accept who I am and amplify it instead of trying to pretend like I'm somebody that I'm not, folks. Isn't that what we're all trying to do in this life? Be who we are. My foot is on my dog. He's who he is. He spreads his legs, shows me his dick. What a guy. I don't do that for anybody. That's, that's true comfort, and that's being who you are. My dog is who he is. He's a whiny little bitch, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. He's a good boy, and he's a little bitch. Oh, yeah, he's so soft, huh? So, all right. Join me in Iowa. I don't know how the audio sounds, but I recorded this first segment in the car driving to a Bernie event. I was really vibing. I was high off of the of, of the energy of the Bernie campaign of knocking doors all day and then going to see the man in the flesh in Iowa. Let's go. I'm driving to see Bernie Sanders live, baby. That's right. Driving from Davenport to Cedar Rapids via Iowa City. I'm going to stop in at this coffee event. It's supposed to start in a few minutes, but I'm going to be late for it. But the Bernie campaign called and that's what's going to be there. So I'm going to stop in. I've been canvassing all day for Bernie. It's not been very fruitful. I'm going to be honest. I drove all the way here and like 10 people answered their doors. And honestly, it's rude. Like, didn't you get my text that I'm coming into town to talk about Bernie? You didn't think to call off your job so that I could talk to you about why you should caucus, but then you're not going to be able to because... You can't get off work, and you're sick, and it's a a horrific voting process. I am feeling good. I'm feeling uh, energized and tired at the same time. I canvassed for probably four to five hours. Did a couple of shifts. Got up early, and then... uh, only able to stop in the hotel for for a minute before I had, you know, I'm actually kind of late I probably should have just gone straight there but I wanted to change my clothes I felt gross, you know just being out, the outdoors I was really, really anxious about talking to people, I still am I'm I'm thinking about tomorrow, I'm anxious again it's nerve wracking just going up to somebody's door and knocking and like, bothering them and, you know getting them out of whatever it is that they're doing and coming to talk to me for a few minutes then the pressure's on. Stand-up comedy, you can prepare your jokes, you know what you think's funny, you know what other audiences have told you is funny, you do them and you have verifiable evidence. But people who don't follow politics, it's intimidating. You don't know what what backgrounds are. Because they told us when they sent us out, we're just doing get out the canvas today. We're just doing get out the canvas, which means you're only talking to Bernie people or some undecideds, and I don't know. The, the, the people that I talked to, back people who actually answered the door, and uh, I talked to, they seemed open to the idea of Bernie, they don't really know who Bernie Sanders is, which is crazy to me because I'm obsessed. And then I realized that I'm not good at convincing people. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I want Medicare for all. And they're like, why? I'm like, because I can't afford my health care. And I think we should all have, we should all be paying into a system that helps everybody. And you get some eye ra- eye, eyebrow raises because we say we're a Christian nation, but we uh, have no real interest in helping strangers it's an unfortunate truth, I think. So so far so good, I guess. It didn't it didn't feel like I uh, succeeded much. It, there were a couple conversations that were nice. They felt like, you know, they were uh, feeling they were feeling my vibe. I think. I, the truth is, I think there's a lot of people who vote based on that. They vote based on the vibe they get from the people they interact with, associated with their campaign. Like, that's why I like, yard signs to a certain extent work especially in lower level elections where like you you're, you don't know who these people are it's not a pre- if it's not a presidential election it's not a, even congress like like clerk of courts and trustee like nobody knows who those people are so you're just going to go in the voting booth and vote for the name that you've seen the most because your your mind is dumb like it said it's a dumb reflexive like familiarity thing Where we see it a lot so we're familiar with it and therefore trust it the same reason we like Tie, our, tie ourselves to brands, but I am en route, I'm en route to another city in Iowa, and I'm less emotional than I thought I would be, maybe I'm just less exhausted, but the drive from Indianapolis to Iowa yesterday got emotional in ways that I, uh, I can't explain. I certainly wasn't expecting to just start crying Because I was, like, so excited. And I feel like this is such a big moment for this country, for the future of humanity. And that sounds sounds like it's an exaggeration, but it's not. We are at the precipice, especially that climate change is happening. I mean, uh, you know, there's snow all over his place right now. But it's getting warmer. I got hot. I got hot while I was camping. I've been worried how cold I was going to be, how wet I was going to be, and... uh, we def- definitely missed a snowstorm within the past week, but it's all clear up now. And, you know, the sun came out. I started sweating through my coat. I had too many layers on. I wasn't expecting that. It could be warmer tomorrow. So in, 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 in a lot of ways, we got lucky. I got lucky coming out to Iowa this year. Thank you, global warming. It's the good stuff. It's good. The sun came out, started melting the snow. I was, I was praising ExxonMobil. I was like, thank you. Thank you for making this possible. It should be negative 10 degrees here. It's 45 Fahrenheit. Well, 36 now, but it was about 45 at the peak of it. sun's going down now. It's in my eyeballs. It's making me blind. It's going to kill me. Bring on the climate apocalypse because I can't see this damn sun. It keeps me too hot. It's not hot enough. It makes me blind. Make up your mind. I apologize for the noise. It's probably loud. I didn't bring my microphone on this little road trip. There's a rally for Bernie with Vampire Weekend. Bernie is in Iowa now. He was not last night. He was supposed to be, but the impeachment trial, all that, all that BS, keeping him away from Iowa. But he's here. He's here through caucus day. So that's awesome. And I'm excited to go see him live. Uh, that's what. That's what I. I started getting emotional when I started thinking about if I had an opportunity to, to meet the man, the myth, the legend, the Sandman, Mr. Sandman, sprinkling dust in your eyes. That story freaked me out as a kid. My grandma told me that the sand, like, you gotta go to sleep, the Sandman will come sprinkle, like, sand in your eyes. Like, what? Is that supposed to be the story? Is that, like, a, like a, a scary tale, like, you better go to sleep? Better close those eyes or you're going to get them full of sand. I actually don't know what the story of the sandman is. I just realized. The only thing that I really remember is my grandma saying that he comes by when you sleep or in the middle of the night and sprinkles, you know, dust in your eyes. And I'm like, could you could you not? Could you, like, lock the door so he doesn't come in? Because that's that does not sound nice. I would not like that. And if the goal was to get you to go to sleep because, you know, you're a kid and you don't want to go to sleep, Which, I mean, I'm an adult and I don't want to go to sleep, right? I want to stay up all night. Sleep, waste so much time. But it feels pretty nice, you know, the once a week you get to have some. When you're not staying up till 2 a.m., waking up at 6. I don't stay up till 2, but I I don't get very much sleep. So I showed up at the field office this morning, uh, about quarter to nine. Some people are getting trained up. They send me over to a uh, to a to a staging location. Like they'll train you over there. Take this kid with you. Get in the car with uh, with Adrian. Adrian is uh, eighteen years old, a senior in high school from New York City. He's here. He just flew in last night. Eighteen years old. This is not even. He's working on. He's worked on uh, two congressional campaigns in Michigan. This kid's on it. And uh, I, I, I hope it doesn't come off as condescending calling him a kid because I honestly thought he was my age until he started talking about going to college, where he's going to go to college. And I'm like, I go to college. He's like, oh, you start school late? No, he's in high school. And hell yeah. Hell yeah, Adrian. Had some good convos. So yeah, so we drove around a couple locations. We didn't can't. So we were canvassing on our own. We were going door to door by ourselves which was my biggest fear, but honestly, it's fine. I honestly think I still would prefer to go two people to a door at a time. It just feels, I don't know, it's, it's less intimidating for sure. So if be walking up to a stranger's house, knock, 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 ring the doorbell, wonder if it went through, dogs barking at you, oh my God, the dogs. Every door you knock on, dogs start freaking out. And you know, that's how I knew that people were home, but just not coming to the door. Because the dogs would start freaking out, and then they would stop freaking out. And dogs do not stop freaking out at strangers at the door unless they are coaxed away. Unless they are taken and told to shut up. <laughs> but I'm not going to press the point. If you don't want to answer the door, I get it. I w- I would not answer the door either, man. I hate answering the door. It's stressful for both parties. Like, who the hell is at the door? someone coming to kill me and my family? That's what I've been trained to believe is moments from happening by the right-wing media machine. Buy lots of guns. People are going to come get you. Stand your ground laws. Is Is Iowa stand your ground? I fucking hope not. None of that, like, castle domain shit where they where they could just shoot someone on their property because they said they felt threatened. That goes through my head every damn house I go up to. But there were a couple houses. We use this app. The app tells you what houses to go to, at least for this particular push. It's to get out the caucus. People that are already sympathetic to the cause, talking to them. I don't know how they base it. I think they're just people who are registered Democrats. And I got I got the indication that a lot of these homes, I don't know, I don't know if I would say a lot, but like, there's a lot of times where you go up to the house, ask if you're this person that's on the app. They're like, no, no one by that name lives here. So that, I feel like that means these are a lot of rental properties. So, like, so there's just not necessarily a lot of accurate information. So, even though you're supposed to be talking to mainly Bernie people, you got that, like, but it might not be. It might not be. What's the worst that's gonna happen? You get shot. That's why Lilith, we just said it was. But yeah, so it's it's anxiety inducing, both parties. Someone knocks on my door. I'm like, what the hell? Go away. What do you think you're doing? Call me if you think you know me. I don't talk to people at my house. I don't talk to people out of my house. I hate talking to people. I like talking into recording devices and into microphones in front of audiences that can't respond. That's it interacting on a human level very difficult for me but when so here so here's the upshot here's the upside of the canvassing I'm feeling I'm feeling social now I'm feeling like I want to talk to people and I that I that I'm capable of talking to people because I talked to like probably 10 15 I don't know I said 10 and then I had a bet up to 20 people that I interact with not long conversations momentary back and forth and just kind of explaining whatever but I'm feeling social and I don't do that a lot, so it, it's kind of like it's kind of like that, uh, like a down, it's like a downhill type of momentum thing where I can't you know, I work, I sit on a computer, I don't talk to anybody all day, and then my brain is just like I hey, don't want to talk to people, and then I go out to comedy shit and like it's time to socialize, but I'm also kind of tired, and I just don't want to interact with anybody, and it's like you got to interact, with them. you got to talk, come on, man, get over it. So putting myself in a situation like this this is a bit, I mean, I think in addition to this being such a huge revolutionary moment and me not wanting to miss out on it and feel like I could have done more to, to ensure the future of, of humanity. But I think part of it was the challenge. I did do some door knocking for Dennis Kucinich, a little bit for uh, Constance Goodell-Newton, the Green Party candidate for governor in Ohio, 2018. So I've done some canvassing, and it's always – I've always felt awkward. And every time I'm like, ah, it's because I'm by myself. It's because I'm by myself. It's one-on-one. I, I just don't feel comfortable. I'm afraid of what's going to happen. So I thought coming out of here, you know, one, everyone's – you know, you're going to be doubled up. There's going to be entire teams of people in a neighborhood just, like, knocking on all these doors. That's what I was imagining, like, 10 people go to a neighborhood, 20 people, whatever, and you just, like, knock a shit ton of doors all at once. And then go to the next neighborhood. And I kind of wish it was that, but this is probably, this must be more efficient somehow. Yeah, so it's just one, just one guy going. And it's nerve wracking, but it is pushing me outside my comfort zone and forcing me to do something that I wouldn't normally do. And and it's making me be social and like just get used to talking to strangers. Talking at all. I feel like sometimes I'm really bad at talk. I'm okay right now. I'm feeling loosey goosey, you know, I've been talking all day, so this is probably what I should do. Just talk more. Pay less. I'm eighteen minutes from this coffee shop, so we're gonna try to record all the way until then. We'll see what happens. So I got into to the Quad Cities. That's what they're called, the Quad Cities. I don't know what all the cities are. Somebody told me yesterday, Moline, Illinois, which is where I'm staying, which is right across the Mississippi River from Davenport, Iowa. Oh, and then there's uh, there's like Rock City or something like that. It's just called Rock City, but it's like an armory. It's like uh, it must be a city because like army people live there. Like army people must live there. It's not a big, so like there must be barracks or something, or maybe maybe it extends off of the actual island. But that's right where I am. And then there's like a fourth one, allegedly a fifth one. Someone told me last night. He said, "Really, it's five cities." Oh yeah, because there's Eastmo. This is all geographical information that I know. A lot of people tuned in to hear. This is why people listen to my podcast slash watch my YouTube series. <laughs> 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 the, the, the balls to call in a YouTube series when I've done four videos is quite... The the mental reveal right there. Wow, I just came out. YouTube series. It's more of a YouTube trial run. Same with the podcast. You've got less than twenty episodes in about a year. It's not great. Whereas you stick to it if it is John. I got none. I don't have any. I was surprised that I went that I came to Iowa. If you're listening to this and you didn't know I was going to Iowa and you felt like maybe you should, that's because I didn't know if I was gonna do it. Follow through with it. And the last thing I want is to tell people I'm going to do something that I don't end up doing. You say you're going to go. You're not going to go. Fuck off. Why don't you commit to something for once in your goddamn life? So I've been, you know, I've only told a handful of people that I was uh, going. But here I am. And it feels good. You know, I'm glad to be here. I'm uh, part of this huge cultural moment. And it didn't feel like it, you know, today. It didn't feel like it out knocking doors. And, you know... I, I think I was knocking in a kind of a, a deaf, very working class, lower income neighborhood. I think a lot of people were at work, man. A lot of a lot of houses, no cars pulled up to them, no noise coming out of the house. Except for the dogs barking like crazy. I knew, you know, they, they kept barking for several minutes and there's no hushing. And like, they're not, they're not home. People do not let their dogs bark. Well, some people do. But that's annoying when your dog barks. So you're going to try to get them to stop. So really, it's a good motivation to get people to come to the door, you'd think. So it didn't feel, but yeah, it didn't feel like I was part of this huge moment. But I uh, will check back in after this event because I think I'm going to feel energized. Hopefully, going to knock doors again tomorrow does not make me feel less energized. I don't know why I think I would be less energized. I'm energized plenty. I was just sad because I thought I'd be talking to a lot of pro-Bernie people and I didn't talk to any. But guess what? Last night, after I got checked in, went and went and visited, went and visited the field office, let them know that I was here. How I hung out there for a minute, but then I went to see the one and only Mayor Pete Buttigieg, right here in Davenport, Iowa. Oh, Petey Pie, Mayo Pete, Oh Wall Street Pete, Oh Line Cave Pete. That's right. Pete's feet.com. I just bought it. It's only pic. It's pictures of celebrities whose feet I jerk off to, and I put them on Pete Buttigieg's body. And it's it's hot. You're not you're gonna you you're not gonna find a picture of Buttigieg's feet. All right, try it. Try. It. You think I would have made the website if you could? I think I'm gonna waste my time putting together a website, doing all those Photoshop's masturbating while I'm doing the photoshops because I'm getting so turned on by those feet wiki feet does not have Pete Buttigieg, I guarantee that and if you go on the internet right now and you look it up and you find it, that's not real okay that's, that's made up but if anybody out there knows Pete personally Mayor John Cranley of Cincinnati, I'm talking to you now snap a photo of his feet throw it up on wiki feet we need this do you know how much better Pete would be pulling if his feet were on WikiFeet? Do you know how much time I would have saved putting together Pete'sFeet.com and all those photoshops? How much days, weeks of my life, Pete'sFeet.com? Just because no one could catch a snapshot of Pete's Feet? Incredible. It's what, uh, well, one, I do, I do want to say it was, it was very cool. Like I walked, I walked, so I got there a few minutes late because it says it started at seven 30, but I know that all of Bernie's events, they start at a certain time. It's usually a little bit after that. And then there's like a bunch of speakers before him, but Pete, you know, he did like three or four events before that. I I had that in mind the whole time. As much as I find uh, Pete's policies to be quite loathsome, and I think he's a disingenuous person. His thesis from college about how Ber- how Bernie Sanders is the sh- is, the- is legit, is the guy, is the best. And then he's going to come out and be like, well, we don't need, really need a revolution. There's a lot of things beyond that that I dislike about Pete Buttigieg. Mostly the fact that he doesn't have a picture of his feet on Feet. That's my main gripe. Pete. I haven't watched a lot of his speeches, but I have seen him in the debates. I have seen clips that go viral. And he is he is even more, he feels even more like a robot in the Hall of Presidents than you, th- than you think from TV. And by that I mean that he will be in the Hall of Presidents because he will be the next president. That's right. I am endorsing Peter Butej. Peter Montgomery, right? His middle name is Montgomery. Sounds like a damn cartoon, like an evil cartoon billionaire. And he he just might be. He keeps schmoozing up to all these Wall Street bros. Forget the Bernie bros. What about the Wall Street bros? They're the ones that actually have power, influence, money, ruining the country. Bernie bros don't got money. They got... They got some influence. I think we got some power. We got some people power. God damn it. But we don't got that money. And what talks loudest? And who wants a better future? The Bernie bros. Alright, I'm getting off the highway, so I'm going to turn this off. But you know what? I'm so excited to see Bernie, guys. Am I going to start crying again? No, I'm not feeling emotional, but, but I may see him. If I I meet Bernie tonight, if I meet Elon Omar tonight, I'm going to have an aneurysm in the good way. All right. Peace. Moments ago, I was inches away from Bernie Sanders, from Elon Omar, from Pramila Jayapal, Really glad that I'm really glad that that Bernie volunteer called me on the drive over. I was gonna skip it. I wasn't gonna go. I was just gonna go straight to this rat, this big rally with Vampire Weekend. And then I thought, well, I got I got there 30 minutes after it started. Five o'clock it started, and there's people outside. I didn't get inside. But everyone's outside, and I was like, ah oh, man, I'm not gonna stop. There's too many people. But I was like, no way, I'm here already. Just go. Like some, they gotta come out the front door to coffee shop. They don't have like multiple doors, they're coming out the front. And the not me bus was there. Hell yeah. That was the big I mean. I mean, if we're talking big big time celebs, that's the one. Bernie Sanders, alright. Not me bus. That's a big gap. You get a you, you get you get your not me bus replica signed by the not-me bus, you're, I mean, you're set for life. Coming up on a bit of traffic, a bit of a bottleneck at this interchange between whatever highway I'm on to whatever highway I'm going to. Is this this the Bernie rally traffic? Still 20 minutes out. Seems likely. You guys ever do that where you're on your way to something like a concert, football game, and everyone else is driving in the same direction as you? No matter what street, like, ah, yeah, about they're going to the game. We're all going to the game together, right, guys? Everybody, comp community. We're all together. We're all doing this. We all stopped at the coffee shop, and now we are all driving thirty minutes up the road to see an acoustic set of Vampire Weekend. I hope I can get in, man. I hope this. I hope it. This, this kind of stuff doesn't sell. It does it sell out? I don't know. I really, couldn't tell you. Yeah. It's not in a big city, Cedar Rapids. I'm going to guess they don't sell out a lot of arenas, but it's Bernie goddamn standard people coming from Ohio, New York City. I parked the car and just ran down there and uh, stood outside. And I'm kind of, I'm looking around taking it. Like there's a, there's a crowd, you know there's a crowd. There's probably like 50 to 60 people like crowd around outside. So you couldn't, it's a little space inside. People crowd around the door, people crowd around this window. And then, um, Then I settle in, and I I realize that Bernie's on. Bernie's on. I wasn't even sure he was going to be there. I knew that Elon Omar would be. I knew that his wife, Jane Sanders, Dr. Jane Sanders, getting a call from Wash. I'm not answering this one. Sorry, Wash. That's probably Bernie. That's probably Bernie crew, too. Like, hey, you coming to see Vampire, Vampire Weekend's waiting for you. That was the thing when they called. I was like, oh, my God, is there nobody there? Is there nobody at the coffee shop event with Elon Omar? Like of course there's people there, you idiot. So I realize that it's Bernie talking. I'm like ten feet away from Bernie. There's a piece of glass between us. There's a build, you know, the 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 uh, external architecture of a building is between me and Bernie. But I see, I see him waving his arms. I see him with his kind of bad posture. And it's Bernie. The back of Bernie's head, which you don't often see, right? You see him from the front. But it was immediate. It was immediate. It was like, oh, that's Bernie. Yep, for sure. That's the back of him. There he is. I don't recognize the back, but that's definitely it. And, oh, I, I immediately got a lump in my throat. I started being misty-eyed. I was, like, affected physically by just knowing that he was right there. And I'm getting it again right now talking about it. What? Why do I feel this zap? Like, am I fetishizing this guy? Is this, like, why Why am I treating him like I'm a, a Beatles fan at Shea Stadium? Just scr- losing my mind. My, my body can't handle sexual appeal of Bernard Sanders. And then I, and then like I was, you know, I, I took video. I wasn't staring at my phone. I was just pointing it in the general direction. I knew, I knew I was going to be mad if I didn't have a video of being that close. And I, I, I hope it didn't take away, I think. In my head, it did take away, but whatever. I had my camera out and I was, there goes Bernie. And then all, and then immediately I looked to my left and like, I had almost, I had sort of like almost missed Elon Omar coming out. And I'm telling myself, I'm like, don't, don't treat politicians like rock stars. That's part of the problem. That's like, I'm, I'm second guessing the way that my brain is naturally reacting to people that I really respect and am inspired by. This isn't like Beatles. Like, they're freaking out because they see them as a sexual icon, as, like, whatever. And maybe, maybe it is, there is some similarities. The, the human mind is not that complicated in terms of emotions, you know? Like, it, it all has some root in our evolution and some way that our brain is tricking our body into doing, like, following something. Like, so I think in some ways our brain naturally, we want to follow something. We want to follow somebody We want to look up to something, but I don't want to follow Bernie. I don't want to, I want to follow in the, the, the power that he, that he encourages the, the mindset, the, the fight. I don't want him to dictate the way that I live my life. I'm not trying to, I don't even want, I don't even want him to be the president. I just want him to be, I mean, I want him to be the president, but like, that's not the ultimate, the ultimate goal is building this movement and taking back Power for the working class, and Bernie Sanders and Elon Omar embody that. And so, I, I was, I, I came back. I walked back to the car. I'm stoked, and I, as I sit down, I realize that I'm just, I'm trem, I'm trembling, my body is shaking, and like I, I, I am crying and laughing and just feeling, and and I'm and I'm, I've never felt like that before. I've never had that even with, I've met some of my comedy heroes. These guys who I was like, that's what I want to do. But like, okay, so those are great examples where I was so excited to meet the, I got, oh my God. I got to hang out with Todd Glass in the green room at the Funny Bone at a club I don't even work at. And then we went out and got food afterwards with like some other comedians. Like I was new to comedy and like he was a hero of mine and like he just treated me like a person and like I felt amazing. And I still didn't feel the way I have felt just now as Bernie Sanders and Elon Omar came out. These guys are poli- these are fucking politicians. You're not supposed to feel that way about politicians, but they're not. That's not what they are. They're—they're they're revolutionaries. They are—they're uh, shit stirrers. They're shaking up the status quo, and they inspire me so. I mean, the amount of—the amount of bad faith horrific remarks that Elon omar takes on every single day both from the left and even more especially from the right just nasty stuff just horrific xenophobic racist anti-islamic anti-human honestly like some of the stuff that are in the comment threads under her posts on twitter even on instagram like you know someone's insane when they're posting hateful stuff on Instagram, like, all right, this is, I already feel weird posting political stuff, but that's also like all I think about, so fuck it, Instagram's the happy place, come on, man, you gotta bring that hate in here, the fact that, the the fact that, like, she handles it with such grace, and I think she put it really well in an interview that I watched where she's like, she's like, how can I take an internet troll seriously when I literally survived a war as a, like, I'm a refugee. I was displaced from my home as a child. A lot of people that I knew are dead. You think some shit on Twitter is going to make me feel bad? Fuck off. Are you out of your mind? Uh, So, yeah, I mean, yeah. When she walked by, I was like, it was like, it was like shocking how much taller I was than her. Like, I felt shocked. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, I thought she was two inches tall, like on the Twitter screen, on my phone. Bernie Sanders was three inches not not that any of that matters it just uh when you see someone in real life that you have never seen it's like you know you know like when you, you're on you're on tinder and someone looks like something you see him in real life you're like oh, yeah that is you at first you like see him and you're like okay it, it seems like it's you but is it it is of course who else anyways yeah I'm so I'm driving I'm driving to the concert it started three minutes ago but I'm right behind the damn birdie butt oh my god I'm on the highway. Behind the Bernie, should I crash? Should I get a flat tire right in front of the Bernie bus if they hop out and help me? Chris Matthews? I'm going to do it. I'm going to pop my tire in front of the Bernie bus. Hey, has anybody been listening to this long enough to have heard the episode where I was driving and I passed the goddamn Oscar Mayer mobile and it derailed the whole thing? All right, well, I know I'm not too late. The headliner's right there. <laughs> It's like you're running late for a show you're like oh we're gonna miss the head nope there they are Purdy! yes Woo! De, 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 de. all right i think i'm gonna sign off because i want to park safely and i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna uh i'm going to uh usher in well what's what's the word i'm gonna escort i'm gonna escort the Purdy bus to the location now i passed i passed their asses. they're driving too slow you're going the speed limit We are approximately 48 hours out, as in to say 48 hours since the Iowa caucus commenced, and we do not have the result. Approximately 75% of precincts are reporting. The most recent that were released a couple hours ago already being dialed back because they do not match what the Iowa Democratic Party announced does not match what that precinct and what that county was reporting. This is a total clusterfuck for a lot of reasons that I'll go into. But first, I just want to say I am back in Ohio, not in the car. Hope the audio sounds a lot better now, does it? I went to the Big Bernie rally on Saturday night. It was incredible. I was already obviously in good spirits, and I arrived, and uh, Michael Moore was on stage giving him the business. Um, a pro- they, they were estimating between 3,000 and 35. I don't know. I've heard anywhere between three and 4,000. I think it was probably close to 3,000, came out to see Bernie, came out to see Vampire Weekend. Some people speculated they came out to see the band, but from what I witnessed, once Bernie left, so did a good chunk of the crowd. People stayed for Vampire Weekend, but a lot of people left, so it wasn't the band that brought him out. It was Bernie, baby, biggest primary event for the Dems. But it was awesome. So Michael Moore is on stage. I'm kind of wandering around. I'm on the main concourse. And I was like, how do I get down on the floor? And you can just go down there. You just go down. He just walked down the stairs. They're like, yeah, get on in there. They handed me a sign, a Bernie sign. I'm down on the floor in front of the bank of cameras for the TV. And, uh, you know, I'm buzzing. Michael Moore wraps up. Who's he bring up? He brings up the one and only, the former state senator of Ohio, Nina Turner. Nina Turner comes out. She rocks it. Nina rules. Then who does Nina bring up? She brings up a gentleman by the name of Stacy Walker. I want to say he's the moderator, and uh, he brought out Pramila Jayapal, of course, Elon Omar, of course, and then uh, Mark something. I kept thinking they were going to say Mark Cuban, but it was like Mark Can- Cabana, Cabuna, Cannabis, Mark Cuban too. The second I don't know, I don't know who he was. He's apparently the co-chair of the Progressive Caucus. He's allegedly a progressive. I'd never heard his name before, and I honestly don't even remember where he's from possibly Wisconsin because he did get a little jab in at Paul Ryan because I guess his his office used to be next door to his now it's Elon Omar so like that's a huge upgrade that's kind of cool to think that Elon o- is that is that I didn't think about that does that mean Elon Omar is now in Paul Ryan's old office because if that's true that's the shit because she is the polar opposite of Paul Ryan that evil little weasel went straight from being in congress to lobbying of course truly a man concerned with with uh with the constitution he's all, oh don't ta- don't tread on me don't tax me but uh, i will work for a corporation that independently influences the government via using money by treading on <laughs> the working people of this country cool paul cool ryan cool Ryan. so that was uh that was that wasn't you know uh the, the they were losing the crowd a little bit during the panel discussion there was definitely substance but it didn't it, it kind of lacked a pizzazz. There was something that the people were people were getting chatty. People were kind of disengaging, but still listening, but disengaging. And that was a little bit disappointing. But I kind of felt myself doing it, too. I don't know. As as someone who's been been going to comedy shows for 12, 13 years now, it's I, I definitely judge public events with a similar barometer. I'm like, how are they holding on to the like, how is the momentum building? And it, it was it was almost it wasn't a lull. It, but it was definitely like less, especially following Nina Turner. She's she obviously cranks it up to 11. She goes for it. Hello, somebody with these hands, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it was a good panel discussion. Loved hearing from Pramila, from Elon, from Mark. Do I need to keep talking about him? There's enough there's enough white male representation on this podcast. Is there not? So then after that, who comes up next? Stacy Walker starts doing the intro. He starts saying he's uh, he, he graduated from Harvard. I forget what all of the I forget what all the intros were, but he you know he's a best you know best-selling author, uh, noted scholar, one of the greatest men on earth. He was also in the Matrix, and I was getting excited. I was like, I am ninety-nine point nine percent sure he is about to say Keanu Reeves. No, I know I was ninety-nine point nine percent sure he was about to bring Doctor Cornell West on stage, and goddamn it, if if right before saying his name. I saw him come out of the back, and I lost my shit, man. Cornell damn West was there, preaching, telling us what's what. And it was awesome, because I think that I have been a fan of Cornell West since before any any of these folks. It's possible I had heard of Bernie Sanders at the same time. I, I was introduced to both of these people on Bill Maher's show, which I started listening to in high school. And that kind of got me into following politics and, and whatnot. Bill Maher's obviously fallen off a bit in the past, recent past probably forever. He's been problematic, but whatever. I don't know, whatever. He got me introduced to politics. So there we go. Got me introduced to Bernie Sanders. I remember Bernie Sanders, the independent senator from Vermont, coming on and talking about this radical stuff about med- Medicare for all back in, when was that? 2006, 2005. And I remember thinking, man, this guy rules. He's an in- he's not even a Democrat. He's an independent. I really dig that because I think I, even back then I was, pre- I was a little bit, I was not into the political parties. And I just I everything that he said, I was like, that, yep, that's the shit. And then and then Cornell West, he goes on all the time. He still goes on all the time. And I, I always love hearing what he has to say. I need to read his books, I'm sure. But uh Cornell West rules. So I lost it and it was amazing. Check out my Instagram if you want to see some video. Or just watch the full live stream on YouTube, because it's up there. Honestly, I mean I'm not following any of the other candidates to to this level, but I mean Bernie's gotta have the like the best like digital media game. They live stream like every event and I watch them. I love watching them. It's amazing. They live stream it and then you can go back and watch it. And it's like great. It's they occasionally run into audio problems, but really not that bad. Like the audio is great. The video is great. It's amazing. I actually went, when I went back to the hotel, I went back and watched the entire event. But anyways, so I I stopped there. Well, I mean, that's the big reveal that was Cornell West was there. It was amazing. So then Cornell West, of course, brings up, Dr. Jane Sanders, she gives a little she talks a little bit, talks about how she and Bernie met, is very sweet, and how they've just been activists together their entire relationship for 30 plus years, longer than that, probably. Cuz is she his first wife? I don't I feel like she must be, but I don't know. I feel like her son, I feel like his son is like older than her, but maybe she's older than she seems. She's young, she's a lot younger than he is. But I feel like his son, I've seen that Levi Sanders, he look I mean I don't know those Sanders jeans, Like they must be good because you know he's he's in he, despite having a heart attack, he's in great shape for being almost 80 years old. But he's looked he's looked 80. He's looked like he's looked about 68 for approximately 40 years. He looks the same age now than he did back in the 90s, and it's weird. I mean he do, he doesn't look the same age, but he he looked old as hell in the early 90s. <laughs> like and he wasn't that old. I mean he, I guess he was. I don't know what's old. What's old even? What I'm trying to say is that. His son, Levi, seems like he might be older than his wife, but I doubt that's the case, especially if it's his only wife. <laughs> Probably. What, what, what are we talking about? She talks, brings up the man, the myth, the legend, the Democratic Socialist from Vermont, Bernie Sanders. Wait, that's not true. What happened was she introduced Vampire Weekend, who came out, and then she introed Bernie Sanders. Vampire Weekend plays Bernie on stage, and it's incredible. It was very, very cool. Check out the stream on YouTube for, for no other reason than the, than to see the intro, because that's pretty fun. Having Vampire Weekend play them on, like it's damn, like they're the damn SNL house band bringing up the host. It's pretty cool. And he, you know, he, he gave the standard Bernie speech. Nothing new, playing all the hits. That's right. Hell yeah. Get them. Medicare for all. Green New Deal. College for all. Teachers should make $60,000 a year at minimum. Donald Trump is the most dangerous president in modern history, which is a little played out. Well, I understand why he has to do that. He has to do that to satisfy the establishment Democrats, whatever. I don't see a need to go against that because Trump sucks, but that seems a little bit, a little bit much. The most, I mean, he sucks, but he's pretty incompetent. So we can at least thank God for that. So at the end, you know, then Vampire Weekend played a show and uh, it it was just great, man. There was great vibes in the room. There wasn't wasn't as much chanting going on as I would have, that I would have hoped um i think i was getting some people to i, I think i was encouraging some uh, booing during some parts for you know booing the democrats and whatnot I, I booed george w bush when michael moore said his name that felt pretty nice you know it felt like a throwback felt like i was at a green day concert in 2003 george w bush what a piece of american history he's a real he's a hero george w bush is a hero he's my favorite guest on ellen he's my favorite war criminal i mean Is there a more folksy war criminal? You could argue Barack Obama. And he did some terrible stuff, but he wasn't as bad as George W. Bush, fortunately. I mean, he killed some folks. He droned some folks. Tens of thousands of dead. Innocent civilians, children, families, torn apart. But, like, George W. Bush has got it in the millions. So, like, sorry, Barack. And, you know, when Bernie's president, he will break both of those records. He is going to be an imperialist. (laughs) That's the rub, man. I know he wants to get out. Of, he gets, wants to get out of wars, but like, can he? And is the blood on his hands if he's trying to stop it? But the military-industrial complex just does it anyways. Who knows? Guess we'll find out. But uh, yeah, so that was sa- that was Saturday night. I did one. Wa- I did do one canvassing shift on Sunday evening. It was mostly in the dark, which was intimidating. But I got paired up with somebody who wanted to tackle the doors as a duo, which I. I really wanted to do, like I said, I get a lot of anxiety going and talking to people. And once that sun went down, I couldn't, I was like, there's no way I could do this. So I, so I didn't knock any doors, but I went with another guy and I was running the app and logging all the information. So I was, I was doing, I was doing that, um, which I felt more comfortable doing. And I, I, I got to stop being so hard on myself for God's sake. I was there, I was helping, I was doing something, but uh, his name, that guy, that guy was, uh, his name was, uh, David. From Illinois, from Champaign Urbana, I felt like I learned a lot from him. Uh, he, we would pull up to these houses, and every house I pull up to, I just get this crazy amount of anxiety. We were walking around mostly, but then near the end, we're like, it's it's really dark, and like cars go fast, and we're not visible at all. Let's uh, let's just drive around in the last few. But you know, at, at least fifty percent of the house, we knocked about fifty doors, and it's in the dark, and we were just in, we're in front of these houses that are pitch black. You can, you can, I mean, you don't know if somebody's home or not, but like they don't have their porch lights on. There's no street lights. It's just pitch black. And we're like, what house number is this? And we're like, oh yeah, that's the one we're looking for. Like we're looking at the app and then looking at the house and like looking at, some of the houses didn't even have addresses on them. We were, we were out in a town called Low Claire, I think, Uh, like French E, like L apostrophe O E A U. Uh, it was right on the Mississippi river, Uh, but whatever. And, is dark and he's just going to these houses and knock. he's, you know, he, he would ring the doorbell and then knock two separate times. Like really that, I mean, that's what you have to do. (laughs) That's what you have to do. Cause half, uh, half the people, their doorbells don't work. Um, and then other people just don't hear it or whatever. Um, but especially in the dark, I'm like, man, same thing I was talking about in the car. Like what are people, people, you never know how people are going to react. You're at the wrong door. Like it's, it's, the person that you're looking for is like the person who owns the house's kid who's not there or it's like they're, they're like 18 year old. They're like, no, like you're not, (laughs) you're not voting for no Democrat, no socialist. Uh, you do, you get a little bit of that. But but so one, one, nobody, nobody was nasty. Not one person. Even the people that were a little bit weird were at the very least cordial. But anyways, he's going to these dark houses and like people would turn on their porch light and they, they would talk to him. Some of the people were burning people. Some of the people weren't, but everybody was nice I was like, what's wrong with me? I've been programmed by my society to think that everybody's going to hate you. It's going to be a whole total shit show. Um, but whatever. So it was, it, it felt productive. I am still, I'm just like, why? I'm like, I'm, I'm posting stuff on social media, like, you know, about having been in Iowa. And people are like, thank you. Like, several people have thanked me for going to Iowa. And I'm like, okay, um, you're welcome. I am a hero. Thank you for recognizing that I am a hero who spent all day Sunday in bed. So I finished that up earlier in the day. I forgot to mention this, but earlier in the day, I did a, I did a webinar, exciting stuff, a webinar, about being a precinct captain, uh, which I was for the caucus on Monday. I was a precinct captain, and that was pretty cool. Uh, I was expecting that I would be knocking doors uh, all day Monday, but then on Sunday night, uh, they, uh, I was informed that they were looking for some drivers. They needed to get a couple of vans from Davenport, which is where I was up to Iowa city and Cedar Rapids. So they needed to transport a van to each one of those cities and they needed a driver to drive back. So we didn't know I ended up driving my car, following the van and did that whole thing. Had great conversations with the folks, uh, that hopped in my car from taking the van. Uh, there was a couple from Kent, Ohio. They had driven into, too. uh, they were cool. And then uh, the other couple was, uh, they live in DC. I won't say names because I didn't get permission. So whatever. I apologize for not saying your name. I know your names. We're friends on Facebook and Twitter now, which uh, I mean, that that was the bit, that was one of the big reasons I wanted to go. I wanted, I wanted to get out there and do my, you know, do my part, do some, do stuff for the campaign. But really I wanted to meet other Bernie people from around the country and just talk talk about the issues talk about the the political establishment no, none of none of the people that i interacted with i don't think is a democrat they are all uh whether uh, whether they identify as socialists or otherwise are, are not in favor of the democratic party we're in for bernie and we had those conversations about other candidates and everyone agreed like no this is we we are in for bernie and i was surprised at, i was actually surprised at the amount of people who said they would not vote for elizabeth warren and i know that I've gone off about Elizabeth Warren, especially that bullshit that she pulled a couple weeks ago. Um, were it to come down to it, I'm, I, I, I would, you know, I would pull the lever, which we do here still. I'd pull the lever for her, unfortunately. I mean, I, it's not, I feel like I shouldn't. I feel like my inherent reaction should not be that, and it is. So whatever. But no, it's all Bernie, man. It's all for Bernie. Like, it can't be anybody else. Legitimately, it cannot be. So, all right, so now it's caucus night. And I have got to drive an hour. So they so they wanted to have precinct captains at every precinct if they could. And I, as far as I know, they had one. I'm pretty sure they got precinct captains at all of the precincts, which is good because now they're trying to fuck with the results. The Iowa Democratic Party or the DNC or somebody. That much is clear. Well, I, I don't know if they're actually going to fuck with—I I don't know. They've already gotten them wrong, so— whether or not they're fucking, I think it would, I think it would be naive to not at least question whether or not they're fucking with them because this is unprecedented. So then I'm off, I'm off to the precinct location, which is an hour and a half away from day. It was, it was super rural Iowa. It was, it was 40 minutes from Iowa city down 80 and then like 15 miles South on these, on like just a country road. It was in a little town, so the precinct was called East Dayton English. It was Dayton English. That was the precinct, and and the actual caucus happened in a little in a little town called Morrisburg. I want to say Morrisburg. Uh, so that morning I had called the precinct chair, which is a local who is running the caucus, and she was you know she's very she's very sweet, very friendly. Um, and she was like she was telling me where the city hall was, and she's like. She's like, the town has one restaurant, and it's closed on Monday, so don't come hungry. We're going to try to bring some snacks. Um, but I had a late lunch, so it was fine. And I had a cookie on the way in, too. So oh, cookie, you know what I mean? From a gas station. It was a gas station cookie, and it tasted like shit. It wasn't very good. It was okay. It looked softer than it was. Do you ever get one of those cookies? It looks, in the wrapper, it looks like it's going to be nice and soft, and then it's crunchy. And there's nothing worse than a crunchy cookie, even though I just ate an entire... Pack of Tate's gluten-free cookies that I bought from the hotel. I ate. I ate 14 servings of cookies in the span of 12 hours. I am a monster, but they're gluten-free, so they're good for you. Get to the caucus location. Um, I, I don't know how much detail I want to go into, but it's it is a tiny caucus. I get there. There's a few people there. I'm the youngest person by 40 years. Uh, that's not an exaggeration. There did end up a couple came in. Right near the time the caucus started, who was um, actually younger than me, I think. Um, but that was it. The rest were all at least 30 or 40 years older than me, which well, whatever. Um, but so I get there. There's two people representing Elizabeth Warren. And actually, now I take back what I said. They were probably just like they were probably in their late 30s or early 40s. So they were not that much older than me either. But the rest of the rest of the folks, I interacted with them a little bit. But there is kind of a, there is a little bit of a tension. Just the fact that you're there for a different candidate. Um, everyone's friendly with each other, but at the same time, you're kind of I don't. Th- this is this is a me thing. I know, but it's like I'm just like you stand you're like you're with Elizabeth Warren. Like I don't re- respect your opinions. Like I just do not. I don't. I'm sorry. That's just the feeling in my heart. And the only other candidate that had. Uh, precinct captain was Amy Klobuchar. I saw, I think, every Amy Klobuchar supporter in the entire state of Iowa, right there in that precinct. No, um, so anyways, the time comes to do the act, the first alignment, the first round of voting, and I was like, I had kind of resigned myself to like, yeah this this is gonna, no one's gonna come over for Bernie, and I was wrong. We got one. We got one Bernie supporter. His name was Frank. I chatted Frank up. He was a really nice guy, really cool guy. Um, but so. All right. So here's how the voting broke down. It was one for Bernie, one for Tulsi. We had seven for Amy Klobuchar, which I mean, it didn't shock me at that point because I everyone was wearing their Amy stickers. Seven for Amy Klobuchar, seven for Biden. And then there was four people for Pete Buttigieg and then four people for Elizabeth Warren. And the viability threshold for that precinct was uh, four people. You had to have at least four people to remain viable, to be considered viable, which was uh, 16.6% of the entirety of that precinct. This precinct had three delegates that were being given out. Um, so that meant that you had to split the vote but uh, three ways between everybody. And so Biden and Klobuchar both got one delegate in the first alignment, and then for the second alignment, Bernie was eliminated. Tulsi was eliminated, and the both of those guys had an opportunity to realign. The Tulsi guy was clearly like a Republican who disliked Tulsi because he was like he 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 was a little he was a little dickish. <laughs> um, the Warren people were like, "Come on, you know uh, Elizabeth is similar," and he was like having none of it. And I had overheard him earlier uh, when they had been trying to talk to him before. He was talking about all of the. Uh, the Ameri- the Native American stuff, and he was very turned off by that. And I was like, "See, that's legit. That shit's legit, and not just with rural white guys, but actual Native Americans. Shit is problematic as hell." But anyways, so he left. La- he he said, "I'm not realigning," and he just left in a huss in a in a huss. He was pissed. The Bernie guy, um, Frank, my comrade Frank, he he was he he was kind of talking to me. He's like. And this was actually before they, before the actual um, alignment was finished when people were still kind of scurrying around. I was talking to him and he's like, he's like, man, I really, it's like, he's like, if it's not Bernie, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's Like, I can't, he's like, none of these other, pe- none of these other candidates, like they're not, they're not, they're nothing. And he like pointed at Elizabeth Warren and she's like, she fucked me over. And I'm like, I, I didn't remember exactly what he meant by that. But like, yeah, these people fuck people over and people who were in it for Bernie are not in it for the Democratic Party unity. They're in it because Bernie stands for a bold platform that's going to rescue the middle class from the existential crisis that it is in the middle of. So when it came time to realign, he was like, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to realign, which means that uh, it's basically like they left the caucus. Uh, he stuck around, though. He stuck around to kind of see how it played out. And he and I were kind of, you know. But w- So when he sat down initially, I was like, you know, what, what do you love about Bernie? And he's like, everything. I thought there was going to be a specific issue, but he's like, no, I just love everything about Bernie. He said he was a Bernie supporter in 2016, voted for Bernie in 2016, and uh, yeah, he just loves Bernie. So when I'm talking to him, I'm like, so what, I was like, so what media outlets do you, do you, you?" because, you know, he's probably in his mid-40s. My guess, I don't know, Frank, if you're listening, I know you're not, but sorry if I got your age wrong. Um, he's like, rural farm guy. You know, if you, if you took a glance at him, you'd probably think he was a Trump guy. And this is like Trump country. Like, most people out there are Republicans. And he even said that. He's like, yeah, most, you know, not huge turnout here because it's mostly Republicans out here. Um, So, he, he yeah, he's just all in for Bernie. But he said that he he, he just watches cable news, like CNN and MSNBC, you know, which really surprised me. Because I'm like, man, how can you watch those networks and think that Bernie's anything? They don't cover him. And then when they do, it's all negative. So. Whatever. I mean, that's something. So like I said, three delegates for this precinct. Biden received one because he had seven people. Klobuchar received one because she had seven people. And then there is a four and a four for Warren and Buttigieg. So what happens? Who gets the delegate? They both are viable because they have four, but they're tied. So who gets the damn delegate? Well, that's when the infamous coin toss happened. That's right. I witnessed a coin toss. And I mean, the stakes weren't that high for me. I don't give a shit because uh, we were out. Um, So basically, they flip a coin. Whoever wins the coin toss doesn't have to realign. Whoever loses the coin toss, they can no longer vote for the candidate that they support. They got to choose another one or they have to choose to uh, not to not realign. And then again, it's like they leave the caucus. So Warren wins the coin toss. Uh, and by the way, the guy whose coin we used, man, he was, he was stoked about his damn coin. He walked, he walked in, he was telling everybody the story about back in. he, he kept saying it was last time at the last caucus, but then he was saying that it was between Clinton and Obama. So maybe, maybe he just sat out since then. Or, uh, once you hit a certain age, every year just bleeds together. Like it is happening now as a 31 year old. Um, and he's like, I've had this, he said, I've had this half dollar piece since, since I married my first wife. <laughs> Oh man, I forget what his name was, like Herbert or something. I was like, that's a hell of a name, Herbert. I guess that's my grandpa's name. I don't know why that is surprising. It wasn't Herbert. It was like I forget what it was, but it was a name I hadn't heard before. Uh, he went out for Biden, but whatever. So he flipped his he flipped the coin. Warren wins the coin toss, which means the Buttigieg people have to realign. And the two young Buttigieg people, they had got the that young couple went for Buttigieg, and they turned to me. They're like, our second choice was Bernie. I was like, damn, that's some bullshit but Bernie was not viable so he was not, like they can't you know that's 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 the caucus system man it's a weird system you hear that it's weird but like witnessing it in real life you're like what is this this is not it's not it's not even about like a it's not even about a popular vote and that's why like somebody i think like Pete Buttigieg is doing so well because like he's getting all of these like secondary votes even though in this instance he got robbed of his votes in the in the instance of of my precinct you know um Speaking without bias, he's yeah. I mean, at at my caucus, at my precinct's caucus, Buttigieg got screwed out of out of a delegate because it's a stupid, it's a dumb process that doesn't make any fucking sense, and it's all predicated on like percentages and shit. And the yeah, it's wild, man. It's stupid. Uh, but anyway, so uh, all of the Buttigieg people realign, all four of them realign with Amy Klobuchar. So Amy Klobuchar came out on top of my of my precincts caucus and I wasn't feeling great. I was like, is this, I was, like, but I was also like, this is not representative this. I mean, obviously the polls couldn't be that wrong. Um, And everybody in here is in Klobuchar's demographic. These are all people who watch cable news. All of the conversations I was having and overhearing were about how she, you know, she's real. She's a Midwest. She gets us Midwesterners. And like, I mean, what does that even mean? She really gets us Midwesterners. Like what? What you mean? You mean that she just looks like somebody that you know? Like that's what you mean? That's that's what Amy Klobuchar's appeal is. She looks like someone you know. Although I will say that uh, the woman that was there in favor of her had a good argument about how she's, you know, she really liked how she stood up to Brett Kavanaugh. Which I'll give her. I'll give Amy Klobuchar that. Much like I, I give Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, props for the way that they went after Kavanaugh, even though that was a whole cluster. Cl- cl- Even though that was a whole clusterfuck, but but I'll give them that. So Klobuchar comes out on top, but so yeah, so so but that didn't matter either. Like the fact that she had uh, what eleven people and Warren had four people, but they still got the same amount of delegates. Which this is obviously such a microcosm of what was happening. You know, a lot some some of these some of these precincts had nine hundred people at them, and there's like a bunch of delegates at stake. And but this one, three delegates, three candidates got one. It was Biden. Klobuchar Warren. Um, but the the part of the caucus that I, that I really enjoyed, especially being in this small room in a rural town in Iowa, there was a process of bringing suggestions to the table, bringing resolutions to the table, but basically proposing platforms for the Democratic Party for the ticket in 2020. Um, so basically every table kind of did their own thing for a minute, and uh, me and me and Frank talked about some stuff and like, I wanted to get his input. Cause I wasn't, again, it's like the same thing where I'm like, I'm not trying to be this outside force telling people how to live their life. But I'm like, so what, it's so like, what are the things that really do you love about Bernie? I was like, like met like Medicare for all. You want me to write that down? He's like, yeah. And then, you know, free college for all. Yeah. We'll write that down. Cause he was very, I really love that. He was so in favor of that. He was really in favor of Medicare for all and college for all. Cause he's like, we've got the money, man. We're so rich. We've got the money. Just make the ri- make the billionaires pay their taxes. Make them pay their fair, like make them pay. We have the money. We can do this. It's, just, it's absolutely insane that we can't do this. The idea that we can't is a, a joke. We're so rich, or a few people are so rich, and yet they're not forced to, to, to give back and give their fair share and uh, allow the country that they profit off of so handsomely to reap some of that benefit itself. So we proposed that and then we, th- we were saying had some language about like farm subsidies or not even farm subsidies, but like regulating corporate farming so that it is not able to just absolutely obliterate like family farms because uh, it's a rural town. Everyone there is a farmer, um, Frank included and that was basically it that was kind of our thing oh and we also said like force the wealthy to pay their fair share um which and so okay so th- we write ours down and then and then we go through the resolution process and we're taught we're all everyone starts talking and we like all right here's one of the things we wanted to bring up and, and like the chair is writing these down as resolutions um but everyone votes on each one of them so we started we went first and we did medicare for all and it didn't pass most of the people there were like we don't want medicare for all which Shouldn't be surprising their Biden supporters and Klobuchar supporters. Of course, they don't want Medicare for all. All the Warren people did want it. Um, but but I yeah, I don't know, man. It's it was it was eye opening to see that because you live in your little bubble. I definitely live in a Twitter bubble and like being around all these Bernie people. I start, you know, believing believing in the cause, which I do. But like over representatively uh, not realizing like how much support it doesn't actually have in the party. I mean, if the party was if, if Democrats were for Medicare for all, Nancy Pelosi would would introduce it. But these these are kind of the standard middle of the road right wing Democrats here at this at this uh, precinct location. Um, same with with college for all, they did, weren't in favor of that, but they were in favor of heavily regulating uh, corporate farms. And we had kind of a discussion about that and kind of getting clarification of what we mean by corporate farms. And but uh, that passed that one passed unanimously, I think. Um, they, they want, they want control, they want there to be regulation on corporate farming because it's, it's, it's devastating farmers. Um, and I know that Bernie has a really solid platform on farmers. I wish that I knew what it was. I wish that I had thought to look it up before I went out there and kind of really push that, but whatever. Um, and then like, you know, the Amy Klobuchar, uh, chair, she, she brought up like overturning citizens United, which I was like, damn, like I didn't even, of course that's like my, that's probably my. Number one, like getting mo- you have to, you have to get money out of politics immediately, otherwise this other shit isn't gonna work because they have because Congress people have uh, another an ulterior motive of of benefiting their donors and not their constituents. So before you can do any of this stuff, you gotta you gotta overturn Citizens United and you gotta get money out of politics. Um, so again, I really have to give uh, props to and I I I forget her name, but um, the woman who was there as the captain for amy klobuchar so yeah just seeing just seeing the way that these folks out in this rural town in iowa felt about specific issues was really interesting to me and i was really glad to to get to see that even though they um they don't align with me uh just seeing that in real time and like ha- having people talk about it and um it yeah it was it was eye-opening and it was educational and i uh, i feel uh, i feel lucky to have been a part of the last caucus ever because everything that happened after that has been an absolute shit show. Everything went pretty smooth at my precinct. AOC said this a few weeks ago, and she got a little bit of flack for it. But I mean, it, this this is I mean this is some this is a thought that I've had forever. But it really was hammered home to me, which is that the Democratic Party is not a left party, and in fact, the Democratic Party is not a, the the Democratic Party is way too big a tent of a party. We need five different parties to cover what the Democratic Party is trying to cover, because the party of Bernie Sanders is not the party of Joe Biden. Like all of those people oppose Medicare for all. Now, what are their reasons? I don't know. We can't afford it. Is that the result of just corporate propaganda? And actually, if you had a conversation with them for for a while, you would probably get them to concede. I don't know. But it, it just hammered that fact home that we need more left parties or we need an actual left party. We need an actual party for the working people. The Democratic Party only pretends to be those things, and it barely pretends. It's such a thin veil now, and they have, they've absolutely bungled this process. Oh, one last thing I wanted to say about the issues. The table of Biden supporters, one of the issues they brought to bring to the slate was to protect Social Security. That was heartbreaking and also makes me think that that, you know, that corporate propaganda machine is strong. If all they're doing is watching cable news, they don't know that Joe Biden's not in favor of, you know, Joe Biden might be saying now that he's always been in favor of Social Security, but he has a long storied history of trying to defund and get rid of Social Security and quote unquote entitlements which I always find it interesting that it's called entitlements when it's for the working class and for poor people, but uh, it's called bailouts if it's for billionaires like Jamie Dimon and everybody else on wall street. I don't know if I have the wherewithal to, to talk about all of the stuff that has gone down with the caucus so far. Um, In fact, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go into it because this is already very long. And if you've listened this far, I appreciate you. Um, I guess I'll wrap up the night of the caucus. So I got to drive another 90 minutes back. Well, oh, first of all, the world's largest truck stop. Oh, baby. Route 80 in Iowa, just outside of Davenport. World's largest truck stop. Stopped in there. Got myself a little Wendy's. I walked around. They've got so much. It's, it's huge. Guys, it's enormous. Thank God Wendy's was still open because Taco Bell wasn't. And that is a travesty, An absolute load of shit. And Wendy's gave me a cup. And I went over to the machine. And I was like, this is the machine for Taco Bell, I'm getting a damn Baja blast in a Wendy's cup. This is going to be the best night of my life. They turn their damn pop machines off when they're closed, and I'm now boycotting not only Taco Bell, but KFC and Pizza Hut too. I haven't eaten at those restaurants in years, and it's going to stay that way. But after I have myself a little Wendy's, truck stop, wander around, enjoy it. They've got a barber. They've got a dentist. They've got a truck museum. They've got They've got a store for like truck accessories, like new bumpers and new like LED lights and like uh, gear shift heads that look like, you know, monsters and stuff. Like a uh, 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 shop for that stuff. And they've got like entire semi trucks inside. This is, this place is huge. This is a piece of Americana. This is uniquely American. Like George W. Bush said, uniquely American. Place was pretty empty. It was like, you know, it's late at night, it was like 10 30 at night. But anyways, and then I drive to the field office in Davenport. A bunch of people there are still watching the results not come in because they weren't coming in. But everyone's hanging out and then a few minutes pass and they're like, Hey, we're going to a we're going to a bar downtown, Davenport. Everybody could go there. So I went there and everyone's hanging out, chatting with some more folks, meeting some new more folks, and it God, I just like I can't get over how awesome it was to just be surrounded by people who are so passionate about this movement and who are who are done. With this political establishment, and who are not going to, we're going to, we're going to win. That is the default mentality, despite the bullshit that the Democratic Party is pulling, that Pete Buttigieg is pulling, that the Pod Save America guys are pulling. They're somehow tied into this whole the Shadow ink. It's insane. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll do a video about it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drop it on this podcast. I'll do a video on all that shit. Not that you need to. You've heard about all of it, but it's. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing the extent to which they're gonna go to delegitimize Bernie Sanders. And it's so transparent. Everybody sees it. Nobody nobody buys it. Their their game is up, man. Uh, but I will say just real quick, uh hell yes. I mean, Bernie is still on he's still coming out on top right now. They're saying that they're tie him and Pete are tied with delegate numbers, but Bernie's got the popular vote, and there's still heavy Bernie support uh, precincts that they have, that they have not released officially, even though like those precincts individually have released them. And Bernie tracked his own numbers too, because he knew they were going to try to fuck him. Uh, so good on you, Bernie Sanders campaign. You know, there there have been plenty of times where I question the way that they're doing things. And maybe I should stop because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm such a little fucking punk dude. There's, there is nothing revolutionary about me. Uh, What was I even, what was I even saying, man? So, so Pete and Bernie are on top, but Biden, Biden really just bit the dust at this caucus. He might end up placing below Amy Klobuchar and he was the front. They would call him the front runner, which I know that Iowa is often an outlier. I don't know if often an outlier is the case, but the fact that it's a caucus, it, it provides weird results sometimes like Rick Santorum winning whenever the hell it was. And they're being like a weird, like he didn't win for like a week. It was like a week before he was given the W. And then, um, you know, Ted Cruz won. Ted Cruz won the caucus and then lost to to Donald Trump anyways. So, like, who who knows what's going to happen? But to see Biden really do that poorly was pretty nice to see. It's like, okay, people are seeing him for who he is, which is uh, a guy whose mind isn't all there anymore. Despite all of the things I hate about who Joe Biden is as a person and a politician, he's just not mentally competent he can barely speak in entire sentences it's sad to watch and it so i felt like for once i wasn't insane i was like are people really not seeing this happen he's doing it at the debates his damn teeth are falling out and he can't you know he he just can't (laughs) i've got the balls to talk shit about how he can't talk when i fucking can't get the words out as a 31 year old man the result the results still aren't in And the fix, the fix is certainly in. I don't think, again, maybe this is naivety. I don't think that the numbers are going to get skewed. But I do think the ultimate goal here is to prevent there from have been headlines. On Tuesday morning, Bernie Sanders wins Iowa. They've robbed him of that. The Democratic Party and the Pete Buttigieg campaign robbed Bernie of that shit. And Pete came out and said he was victorious. He did that on Monday night. He said it in his speech and he tweeted it and he left the tweet up. It's still there. And then reporters were asking him today about it as he's coming out of an event in New Hampshire and he's just smiling, doesn't even talk to the cameras, just smiles and waves like a weird child robot. He is so weird, man. I don't know how anybody watches that guy talk and thinks he's a leader. He's so robotic. He makes Mitt Romney look like a real boy. You know what I'm saying? Do you understand? Do you feel me? Please don't feel me. I don't like to be, t- I like, I actually like being touched. Okay. Touch me, touch me, not you, especially not you, but you know, feel it out. Don't feel me out, but feel, see how it, see how it feels. And then I'll tell you how I feel, you know, get consent. We got to consent. If you're going to touch me, get consent, Mayor Pete. we were hanging out at a bar. The, the results are not rolling in, but yeah, it was great talking to people a bunch of Warren uh, volunteers and staffers showed up at the same bar which was uh, interesting um, they were uh, <laughs> they played Dolly Parton's 9 to 5 and started screaming at, and the, when they started yelling in the other room we're like what the hell happened like did, what did they just start releasing numbers or something like they're excited and then i realized that Dolly Parton's 9 to 5 was playing and that's the song that is uh, the Warren campaign's official song it's their fight song pretend i'm right song so that was that was caucus night um Yeah, it was a big, it was a big blue ball situation and it's, and it continues and it's so transparent what they're doing. It's so transparent. They've been throwing everything at him and it's just so gross, man. This party's over. This party is beyond being salvaged. I hope Bernie wins and just tears the thing to shreds and starts a working class, you know, it's either that's going to happen. It's going to get torn apart either way. I'm not going to pretend like I came up with this. I heard someone else say it, but I agree with it. That either Bernie's going to take over the party and we're going to make it our own, or they're going to cheat him again, and that's going to absolutely rip the party in half. Because none of the people that I interacted with, or at least where the topic got brought up, would they support any other candidate on that on that ticket. It's Bernie or die. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this very special edition of Just Calm Down with John Trek live from Iowa and also Ohio because more than half of it was recorded in Ohio. But it was about Iowa. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Okay? It's the only website that matters. Facebook is dead. Would you follow me? Would you throw me a retweet for gods? Could you fave? Could you fave a tweet? What I would do for a faved tweet. My only tweets that are successful are replies. I'm a reply guy. That's me. I'm not asking you for much, folks. Come on. Twitter.com. And uh, subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing videos. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the format's going to be. Like, I don't know if I'm going to pull audio from the videos and throw them up as a podcast or if the podcast is going to remain separate. I was going to do the former, but then I had a lot to say about Iowa, and I don't want to release those clips and add to the run to- I'm adding to the run time right now, rambling. But subscribe on YouTube. Just Calm Down on YouTube. Just Calm Down Podcast on YouTube? I don't know. But look it up. Uh, Search Just Calm Down. Scroll past all of the reaction videos to Taylor Swift's You Need to Calm Down. Because that's... Because I... she She fucked my SEO, guys. I started this podcast in February. She released that song in June. And now I am forever going to be in the shadow of Taylor Swift. And you know what? If I'm going to live in a shadow, that's one that I'm okay living in. Be good to one another. Namaste.